0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: You know, those things you are too embarrassed to talk about when it comes to dating, like when to say I love you, how to define the relationship. Well, We Met at Acme touches upon all of those subjects and more, and we get right into it with our guests and talk about their dating lives and also what not to do when it comes to dating because we're all kind of confused together so you can tune in every Sunday to We Met at Acme and maybe you can learn a thing or two while I learn a thing or two.
0: it's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, I've got Jessica Alba. Jess is many things. She's an actress. She's the founder of The Honest Company, which has been out since 2011, and I can't believe it's been a decade, and they recently went public. She's also a mom of three, so I feel like there was so much to talk about, and especially how much she loves TikTok, because I love watching her dance on there, especially with her kids. So there's so much that we talk about in this episode. Um, I'm so excited that we were able to sit down and just talk all things life, career, business, Business. She has such great advice and she was so open in this episode. And while you're listening, share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram stories. Tag me and Jess and Honest Company so we can see where you guys are tuning in from. And if you found it motivating or inspiring, if you could just send it to a friend and spread the message. And while I have you, be sure to subscribe to my podcast because I've got new episodes every Tuesday and leave me a rating and review. And before we hear from Jess, I just want to catch you up on all things Summer Fridays. So recently we launched a few things. Our Heavenly 16 all-in-one face oil is available now. We've also got our limited edition holiday assortment. So we've got a fragrance rollerball trio, a skincare regimen set, which is available at Sephora US and Canada and at Summer Fridays, and also a candle because we wanted to give you that full Summer Fridays feeling and smell and ambiance wherever you are. These three products are only available for holidays, so they are limited edition. Once they are gone, they are gone. So get them while you can. Now let's hear from Jess. Okay, so you've been working since you were really young. Mm-hmm. And I imagine this last year was the first time you got to pause in your life. What was it like for you? Because you've been literally working for decades.
1: I'm so old. I, yeah, I mean, I would say I've been pretty driven and working since I was 12 pretty consistently. And during the pandemic, that was the first time that I, I wouldn't say I stopped working, but I got to figure out different ways to work um, and where I would normally like go to said location to work. (laughs) We all had to like figure out how to work at home. And so, yeah, it was like definitely felt like a pause. And it was cool because I got to really sort of see my kids in a way that I never really got to. And I feel like oftentimes I look up and they're different people and i'm like what just happened to last year what just happened to that year or weren't you a baby yesterday and i think it's because we don't have that kind of time but during the pandemic when you're spending every waking moment around them you got to see them grow on the daily right um although there were a couple of so honored during the pandemic honors my oldest she's now she's 13 but she went from being like five five to five eight, and I remember there were like two or three mornings where I was like, "Honor, you just you got taller last night. Like literally, I think you just grew in your sleep." And she did because <laughs> we have like a way to measure her in the kitchen. We like you know would measure her because it was like super weird that it just happened so fast. But she, this girl grew in her sleep. And she woke up a few mornings and she was taller. And, um, and so that was like funny because I probably would have missed that. You know, you wouldn't even pay attention because you're just sort of going through the motions of life. I, I would say also we had family road trips, which is something we never my kids get car sick. They get motion sickness. So anytime we're moving in a v- vehicle, it's a whole situation. Imagine three kids barfing. So that's why we've never done it. But there was sort of, sort of nothing else to do last summer. So we went on two road trips and it was really interesting as well, just like having that time with them and hours and hours and hours in the car and, you know, listening to podcasts together and the conversations you have. And I don't know, it, it, it is it was really nice to be able to slow down in a way and um, get bored together you know, cause that's another thing. I, I feel like the kids don't even know how to, how to be bored. And I was like, my whole childhood was boredom and you just had to figure out like, that's where creativity comes from. Right. But they're always entertained. And then especially when I would say like, all right, we're done with the devices. Like we just got to, we got to stop with the devices, but it forced them to also kind of be a little bit more creative.
0: And I feel like honor is like A young adult now I feel like she's just getting bigger and she's also your mini me
1: (laughs) she's I mean she's definitely cash's clone but she has my coloring but as she's maturing and her face is sort of like thinning out into like different angles I could see me in her so it's either that or cash and I look alike and so (laughs) it's it's probably both but yeah She is growing up, but, you know, she's still very innocent and she's still a 13 year old. And, you know, she's. uh, It's funny because I I remember people treating me older know, I started working at 12 and people treated me and I was working in around adults all the time and um, and I was quite mature. I was sort of you sort of grow up fast when you're doing that. Yeah, she has like a like a sweetness and an innocence. That um that and a naive, not a naivety, but yeah, just like a like a a sweetness that I that I I think I went into the world more cynical <laughs> even at her age. And she's still so open, right? I Hope she doesn't ever get that cynical.
0: Is it hard raising kids in LA and keeping them?
1: I think it's probably hard raising kids. I don't know if it matters where you're raising them. I would say that it's nice being in a city that is a mix of so many different types of people and cultures and communities. It really, like my kids, one night we're having like authentic Korean food and the next night we're having like Mexican food and then we'll have like Ethiopian food and we'll have Russian food. And I think just even by exposing them to different types of food and then You can walk through different neighborhoods and you, you know, signs are in different languages depending on where you're at. And I don't know, I think it actually is is really good for them to see that the world isn't homogenous. It's not just one thing. And there are all different kinds of people and those communities expressing themselves and is cool and to immerse them in that. So I, I like that living in a city like L.A. exposes them to so much diversity. I think, you know, the one sort of business city, it reminds me probably of D.C. where like everyone's in one industry, everyone's in politics, and then here everyone's in entertainment. And so, you know, I think whatever, that can get a bit sort of boring, but um, they don't care about it. I think it's more exciting probably to people who don't grow up around it so they probably don't even realize how cool other people think it is mm-hmm. you know they're just like whatever you know they don't care about it at all mm-hmm. and their dad grew up in uh, in Westwood you know in LA and their dad their grandpa was an actor so you know Cash has a really authentic LA experience as well in the city and so he I don't know. He talks about growing up in the city in a way that feels not scary because he's he's a great person and kind person and and also all of his friends he's really close with that he grew up with and they're great people. So I don't know. I think it he he always said it has to do with like do you really care and are you going to be involved as a parent and that doesn't matter where you grow up, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I feel like your your schedule changed so much in the last year and the advantages of really getting to be there and be more present all the time. Are there things that you did in the last year, whether it's work or personally, that you want to continue post-pandemic?
1: Mm, I haven't figured out how to work smarter. I think I need to really carve out that recharge time better. And I and I and I felt like During the pandemic, that was something that was sort of forced on all of us where, you know, doing self-care in the middle of the day was just sort of like, yeah, I didn't even think twice or yeah, it was like a, a family affair where now it's like I have to plan everything again. So I'd like to figure out how to be a little bit more, do more recharge and also spend less time working and more time really living. I haven't figured that
0: yet. Let's take a break to hear from American Giant, which is an amazing sponsor of this podcast. When American Giant set out to design their flagship classic full zip hoodie, they really committed themselves to an uncompromising focus on quality. So it actually went on to be called the greatest hoodie ever made, which is not a bad start, and today they continue to obsess over every single detail across their full line of beautiful, wearable staples that are made to last. I love comfy clothes and I love to lounge and things, but I also want them to look good when I'm going out and they have such a great quality of design. The fabric feels amazing and I love how durable everything is. So it really is meant to last. A hoodie is just a closet staple for me and their classic full zip hoodie is perfect. A black one is something you can wear all the time or their limited edition colors. I love the silver lining one. I feel like it's perfect for fall. It's really local-made clothing, but better. It's not just for the wearer, but for the people and communities impacted at every step. And they really go beyond Made in America, and they're deeply committing themselves to obsessing over every detail and consider how their processes really impact local communities. And as their product line has grown well beyond that first best-selling hoodie, their core commitment to revolutionizing your everyday wardrobe hasn't changed. Their pursuit of quality doesn't give you just a better product, but it really ripples outward, creating opportunity, connecting communities, and leaving things better than they were before. Explore American Giant's collection of durable essentials at American Giant.com and you'll get 20% off when you use the code Mariana at checkout. That's 20% off at American Giant.com, promo code Mariana. You have a lot going on, especially because you went public <laughs> in this time of like when all this happened. So, for people that don't know what that means, what does it mean to take a company public?
1: Well, we were a privately held company, which means that, you know, basically the people who invested in Honest, it was all private. So it wasn't available to everyone. So now anyone there's, uh, can, basically it makes Honest available so that anyone can invest in it uh, on the public market, right? So there's all different versions of that. But I think what's cool is like everyday people were, essentially like choosing to bring Honest into their homes and now they can be a shareholder of Honest, which is really cool. It also allows us to really kind of take this. It's almost, it's, I feel like it took me 10 years to sort of start the company from day one. Again, it's it's really, um, this is, feels like the beginning stages of being like a real company and operating on, you know, sort of like that level and really being able to set the foundation of of what's possible.
0: And going public, I mean, we all saw the pictures from that day. It's so special. So how did you celebrate that day and when you were there were you like, "Oh my god, we just like this is what I'm doing." Like did you ever envision that this was the moment that was going to happen for honest?
1: I don't know if I ever really thought about that specific moment until I really had to start thinking about that specific moment because it was really happening. But I would say that for me, it was always about like just driving the mission of the company and really wanting to make honest, accessible to everyone. So living consciously and being able to do it and live your very best life where you can not have to compromise on your health and wellness nor compromise on the wellness of the planet and yeah i mean that's those are the values that we have and and for me it's like how whatever that is and however we can fulfill that mission then that's what is the right thing to do for the business so i for me it just it made sense that this was the next step um to further really fulfill the mission of the company
0: And like, what are you most passionate about within honest? Like, what do you like doing the most? I really like
1: the creativity. You know, I really like thinking about consumer behavior today and where we're at. And I like to think about where it can be tomorrow and how we can show up for people in ways that they didn't even know that they needed us to show up for them. Right. Um, And solving for you know, real pain points in people's lives and making it more just joyful. The ethos around inspiring everyone to love living consciously and creating this like honest world. It really encapsulates every piece of your life and and everyone deserves to be happy and healthy.
0: And I feel like what you created then, you were really the first, not only thinking about clean and the ingredients that you were using and not using, but also being like a first of the celebrities to come up with the with a whole new brand. So, what challenges did you face at the beginning? Because now I feel like a lot of celebrities come out with companies or brands, and it's a little more common. But then I imagine there was challenges that you were facing, especially like when raising money or trying to get into retail. Mm-hmm. I would say that, you know, the the I would say the the
1: difference is I created a business model, and we we make you know, these products, but we created like a different type of business model and a, a different way to go to market um, and commercialize uh, a branded experience. And, and the whole process and, and, and what we do is very different in the marketplace. Whereas I think there are a lot of people who uh, essentially attach their names to um, brands and license their their name. And that's different, right? Licensing agreements. And then there's also a lot of companies that are like running these businesses and they have these ideas for these businesses. And then the celebrity or the influencer plays a role in it, but they're not necessarily like creating a different type of way to, you know, run a business. So it's just a very different kind of thing. And so I think if I would have done the licensing thing, it probably would have been a lot easier I think what was hard is doing something that was so different, right? And the type of, I guess, sort of like um, financial support that you need in order to really fulfill what what you're doing and then also try and stay ahead of the competition. It's interesting when you think about like, I think there's a stat that like 90% of businesses never make over $20 million you know, in revenue. And you're like, whoa, that's wild. So it's only 10% that really are playing in in a space, right? And then of those, how many reach 100 million? You know, very even fewer, right? Um, so it's just really narrow, right? And to be able to have like, think about it on a global scale and what needs to be true and supply chain and operations and formulations and sourcing and all of that, quality, um, (laughs) all that fun business stuff that's really boring, I had to learn about in order to, I think, really understand what I'm asking of my investors and what I ask of people who come to work at Honest and work with me. So sure, there were tons of naysayers because it was very different to what they were used to from someone like me. And it was completely outside of my area of expertise. So I had to learn as I was going. And I would say that the best way to convince people is to understand the marketplace really, really well and to really um, identify why you're different and um, do it in a succinct way. And then have realistic goals about what you can
0: do. I feel like that was really good advice you gave me even a few years ago. You were like, make sure your supply chain is under control because if this is not, then everything else can't work and function. So for you, did you know, the entrepreneurial part of it and the business side of it, did it come naturally to you or did you really have to like learn how to be a leader and a businesswoman? I think they're
1: different things. I think being a leader is different than being a good business person. I think being good at business probably comes a little bit more natural to me because I have common sense and I can connect dots quickly. And so if you just kind of show me this and this and that, add up to this, and this thing is not going to work, then like, cool, then I can creatively kind of figure out what can work. And I also love doing challenging process that has, that sort of tried and true and seeing if there's a more efficient, better way to Think through it. Right. That's that's, again, creativity. That's that that gets that's exciting for me. Leadership is has taken on a different meaning depending on the different stages of honest. Sometimes it was like just set up the vision and the art of the possible. Right. And that was leadership in the beginning and just keep relentlessly kind of pursuing that. And, you know, eye on on that North Star. And then other times it it had to pivot to getting into the weeds of people's needs and and desires for themselves professionally, and then being able to take critical feedback. And it's like, well, this is confusing to me, or this isn't clear, or, you know, I, I wish you would communicate differently to me in order for me to process it the way that I process. And so then that's a different type of leadership, right? And taking on that and then uh, and then you sort of like go back to I would say I've been through so many different iterations but then going back around to the vision and the North Star and this is what we're we're moving towards. But then also being able to balance when people really do need you to show up and support them and, and what that means right sometimes it's a follow-up email sometimes it's lifting someone up in a big group setting sometimes it's lifting someone up in a t- small group setting. Um, or doing it even when they're not there. So uh, it, I guess it just has, it's taken on different things and therapy helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the more self-aware you are, the better leader you are.
0: And then I feel like you said, it's important to stay true to like the brand vision and goals. If someone were starting a brand or company today, any advice you would give them before, you know, taking the sleep? Because it's very difficult.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, I would be curious to hear what you would say about it, because you've done it, I would say, probably like more recently. And you have, it was a totally different sort of space than it was when I, when I had started, I was already sort of in the thick of it. So what advice would you give? Because you you know, started your brand, what, five less than five years yeah, ago? Yeah, we
0: started working on it five years ago. We launched three years ago. So it right. seems like it's been a while now. Cause so,
1: But even just that journey of it took two years to get to the point of launching. It took me three years, right, to get to the point of launching. So one thing is nothing's overnight, right?
0: Absolutely. I think it takes a lot longer than people think. And similar to you, obviously, on a much smaller scale, we did it ourselves. So there was no parent company There was no licensing deal. We didn't come in and plug into a team of people. It was the two of us actually working and starting the business. Then as we could hire one person, the first person was an operations and supply chain person. Then the next person, we didn't hire our first full-time employee until after we launched the brand because that was when we could do it. So really from the beginning, we learned about finance, operations, sales. We were doing the international sales. We were the person talking to Mecca and Sephora because we didn't have a person yet. So I think as the team grew we knew a little bit of what everybody was doing because we'd done those rules before. But I think if you're starting a brand now, I think niche is very important because I think there are so many brands that offer a lot of things. And as your brand scales and grows, you can do that. But I think niche at the beginning is really important because it's so competitive. So what do you specifically offer and what can you be the best at that nobody else is doing? So if you are a skincare brand that focuses on hyperpigmentation for women of color, And women of color who have issues with hyperpigmentation and dark spots from acne scars or whatever it might be, they know to come to you because you'll have an entire line of products specifically for this. And I think that's in the future how you'll win, because if you have everything, there's already a lot of brands doing that. Um, And it's the same with like being an influencer. So I follow my favorite food people and my favorite style people. And so niche, no matter what you're doing, I think is very helpful. And I think, you know, I think that's
1: interesting that you say that because the marketing uh, aspect to, or I guess sort of the consumer facing aspect and, and what that does for your business is you are building in a, um, an audience that uh, become your ambassadors without you having to spend any money doing it. And they uh, offer free services of essentially telling all of their friends and family about you because you have solved for a need in their life that no one else could really solve for. So when I was first starting Honest, I was really trying to hone in on a community of people who very similarly um, were looking for clean, better for you alternatives, but found that you had to really sort of like be essentially like a vegan co-op farmers market you know like a very sp- there was a very specific type
0: mm-hmm. right
1: and then it was so extreme it was like everything was hemp and brown paper bags and that right or it was the extreme the other way and there was this massive middle space that that I I identified mm-hmm. and so I built community with like-minded people and then they became my natural ambassadors um, and, and spread the word themselves. So it allows you also to be more efficient with your marketing because you really don't have any money to market in the beginning. <laughs> you really are relying on word of mouth and people wanting to share, you know, how much they love your, your company or your product.
0: Let's pause for a second to tell you about Array. You guys know I love them and they are an amazing sponsor of this podcast. I had the founders on an episode a few episodes back and I love how passionate they are and it really comes through in everything they create. If you haven't tried Array yet, you really should because they are an amazing brand and they really created products to make women feel their best so they can be their best. They've got targeted products which are 100% natural, filler-free, organic, and they were formulated by a naturopathic doctor. And Array's products are so great. They actually work in under an hour so you can really feel the results. And that's why I love using their brand is because they actually work their bloat capsules are one of those things that you just want to keep in your medicine cabinet or kitchen anytime you might need them. And for me, I know like the holidays are coming up and I'm so excited to eat so many yummy foods and I want to enjoy them, but I know I just might need a little bit of help with digestive enzymes just so I don't feel bloated after eating them. So usually what I do is if I've had a big meal. It doesn't matter if it's plant-based or something heavier. I'll just take either one up to three of them depending on what I need. And it optimizes digestion with the use of five herbs and fruit-based digestive enzymes. And it's completely laxative free. And their bloat capsules are really designed to give you food freedom so you can enjoy all the foods that you want without discomfort, gas, or bloating after. And yes, it works for men too. If you guys want to try Array, you guys can try their Calm or Bloat supplements at Array.com. That's A-R-R-A-E- and use the code Mariana at checkout for 10% off one-time purchase or 25% off your first month of subscription. That's dot and use the code Mariana. Even from like the laundry detergent that I use because I don't like fragrances and dyes and the stuff because then it irritates my skin to babies, to home stuff, to makeup. So when you're thinking about all of these things, how do you manage such an array of product? And brand, because I imagine it's really difficult having so many SKUs.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we definitely look at the opportunity and we look at the business and, and think about like, is this a $10 million opportunity, a $20 million, a $50 million, And you sort of build towards that goal. If it's not, is it, worth, is it worthwhile, frankly? And sometimes you do have like a smaller business opportunity, but you uh, it complements your biggest business, right? So you kind of balance out those when it comes to adjacencies and and where you're going um, and other categories. A lot of it's driven by consumers, you know, wanting it. And then there's also just, you know, where people are going in the space of clean. So when you think of skincare, when you think of, Uh, your home, when you think of anything really that's in honor around you, people are understanding that those choices matter and it will affect their health and wellness and also their families. So people are making and looking for solutions in this space. So that's, that's kind of how we, we look at it, but it is, you know, you have to have a real infrastructure to support it and a team and, uh, you know, I think in the beginning, I just was at first when I launched, I was like, does anybody care about a healthy, clean lifestyle An honest lifestyle? Just do people subscribe to wanting clean in everything? And, and what we quickly realized is yes. And people want it for every every need that they have. Now it's about us showing up in a way that's relevant for them and make it easy.
0: And you do it still with like very cute packaging. It's not so granola. Like it still looks really good too, because I feel like you can be beautiful. And I think the problem that I had before was with clean brands was like, I didn't resonate with the marketing. And then Honest came around and it was like, you can have cool marketing and great packaging and still offer these great things that you want and value from a brand. So I think the marketing part of that's really important. Okay, so is there anything professionally that you are not good at? Or you're working on improving? <laughs> Oh, Lord. Learning to get better at. Oh, so many things. I would
1: say one thing that I've learned that has become glaring, glaringly apparent is I have the tendency to go in and just do it myself every time. And if you are the one that, you know, you ask the team, you say, here's the direction we're going and this is what we want to achieve. And if they don't hit it out of the park right away, instead of sort of like allowing them to find it and figuring out the process that works best for them, I will just do it myself. And I think that's the founder in me, right? And also because I wore every hat uh, for so long. I mean, I was going to sales meetings up until like four years ago. I was still going to sales meetings. And then I had the company was six years old, <laughs> essentially. So I think that I need to stop intervening and allow people to make it their own and to figure it out themselves. I think everyone will feel more empowered. And I think also for me, I won't take on so much and I will have more time to sort of breathe.
0: <laughs> I Because I, you have a lot going on. So there's like so much that you're doing personally and professionally. So like, how do you balance it all? And I know that's such a cliche question, but it's true because you have two very full-time careers in social and TikTok.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Isn't that funny how like even social media is a full-time job. It's a full-time thing for folks, but I don't know. I, I guess I try to be present in the moment and I try to do things like Sometimes the just the day-to-day grind of like being in the weeds of like just business processes can feel so draining and and as a creative person like and it's also all all consuming, right? Because I think most people when they own one piece of the business and they have their core competency, they stay narrow in that space. But I go as founder again, I go across every function and I, yeah, anyway, my brain, um, it hurts. And I, I feel like I need to do, I force myself to do things that are just fun and different and outside the box that sound like work to other people. Like I'm training to do this action movie and I didn't want to use a bunch of guns and and so we're doing knife training i'm doing going to use a knife um instead and so i've done a lot of martial art training but i've never done like specific hand to hand combat with a knife and that's a special kind of way to to fight and you know it's it just forces me to do something else right and not be always thinking about processes and and that stuff in every function of, of the business and all the, in the weeds of, of that, it gets, it gets corporate stuff gets, can be quite draining. And I also think that like where I'm most additive to the business is more of the creative, you know, that's where I think I bring my best self and that's where I can add the most value. And then what else? I started this little production company out of my rental house and it's great because we get to make short form content long form content um it's pretty like flexible and um, it's another way for me to sort of like be creative and try things and and I get to like do home makeovers and I get to do beauty tutorials and competitions and it's just like a funny fun not a lot of risk not a lot of I don't know, It doesn't matter if it doesn't really work. It's just, let's see. Let's try it. Let's learn. So I think that's a way that I try to figure out how to not get so bogged down. How do you do it? You have to to do the same thing with your business.
0: I think I just, right now I have the flexibility to split my days. I actually the silver lining of the last year was I got to really enjoy my time and schedule my day exactly how I wanted it to. And now that I feel like things are kind of normal, I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, I don't have time to do all the things I need to do in my day. Like, where's the time to eat or like work out right. or like,
1: oh right. my like, The self-care, right? Yeah. And Isn't like, that
0: weird that that's the
1: first thing to go?
0: Yes. it's and really Even normal. getting ready to drive somewhere, right? So it takes like a couple hours to get ready. And then you go somewhere and you're like, oh my gosh, before I was just like, hop on a Zoom meeting, keep my sweatpants on and my t-shirt, a little mascara, and it's fine. But now I feel like so many hours of the day before that I had are gone. So I feel like now I'm trying to figure it out because I had a really good flow during quarantine, wake up, meditate, journal. I had a full routine before I started my down, down like rushing out of the door and there was zero time to like get everything done. So I, I want to try to make sure I keep those things in my routine because really for me, starting the day with meditation, which was something I learned at the end of last year, helped me so much during my day and the days I skip it, I feel frazzled Right, and it really does help me a lot. But I feel like knife training and then going to like a board meeting is a very crazy day for you. So like when you're filming a movie, how are you splitting your time between like the work you need to do on the brand and filming? Because then you're like really on set. So you're like very unavailable.
1: But very available because I'm always on email, <laughs> which is all anybody really wants from me. Because by the time we get in a the meeting, then... Uh, it's actually, I'm probably better over emails than it's not a long drawn out conversation. You know, I am trying to figure out this next schedule, but I think I'm going to be working like seven days a week for like six or seven weeks. So my two days, uh, five days a week on the movie and then two days a week at honest. (laughs) So I think that's, what's going to happen, but and then I'm always on emails, right? It's not I don't really skip a beat. And and then sort of like the the guidance for for the team. There's like two days where we really like go in and as as like a leadership team. And then I have my like sort of creative sign-offs on and and guidance on on various projects. So yeah, we'll <laughs> see how that goes. I don't know how it's gonna turn out, but we'll see how it goes.
0: I imagine like you're very particular, though, with like the roles that you decide to take on is, you know, especially for a film, because it's like it has to be worth your time you have to really want to do whatever it is.
1: Yeah, it's true. This is the first thing that I'm really starring in. I mean, every other thing that I did, even when I did that TV series, it was like a two hander with Gab and it was yeah, it wasn't as much of a time commitment and I could spend time at the office and I did have a lot of downtime. It was an ensemble cast and shot in LA. And so this is, I haven't done a movie in a while like this. And and, and the other movies I've done, basically since I started the company were mostly like favors or, um, and it was like maximum 10 days on something. And usually those 10 days were spread out. So, so this, <laughs> this is
0: a very interesting we'll time. see <laughs> how it goes.
1: But I miss, I miss telling stories. I do. And so we'll see. I, I'm excited just because I think it's a good story. And I like the director.
0: Amazing. I can't wait to see what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. So I was just walking around the other day when I was shopping and I saw Vitruvi when I was in stores and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to share this with you guys because I love it. And it is something that I have had for so long. I really love making my home feel like a whole vibe. And with Vitruvi, you can make your home feel like an oasis. They have really beautiful diffusers and they are non-toxic essential oils and it just naturally and safely scents your space. It is so beautiful. If you guys haven't seen these yet, they're stunning. Just go take a look on their website because these are something that I actually want to have in my house. You guys know I love all like interior design. So I really want something that's beautiful. And they are a design-centric company. They really consider every single detail from the placement of the buttons on the diffusers to the quality of their packaging. And they've really made home scenting beautiful, safe, and effortless. Vitruvi has three unique diffuser models to choose from. So they've got the classic ceramic stone that doubles as decor, the cordless move that scents every corner of your home. The classic stone diffuser is made from the highest quality porcelain and doubles as a really sophisticated piece of decor. The cordless move diffuser scents every corner of your home with no plug required. And the long lasting stay diffuser runs for 18 hours, scenting your space from wake ups to wind downs. There's so many amazing essential oils that are so luxurious and they're expertly created to help you set the tone in your home, whether it's a.m. or p.m. And if you guys want to try them out, visit vitruvi.com slash life with Mariana and use the code Mariana 20 to get 20% off your next purchase. That's 20% off your next purchase with the code Mariana 20 at vitruvi.com slash life with Mariana. How do you feel like you're different today than you were in your 20s or 30s? Or do you feel like you're different?
1: I was so insecure, so in my head. I was not living in the moment ever. And I was pretty, it was emotionally pretty tough. It was very, I was very isolated. There, it wasn't very joyful. My, until I had honor, really. And then my 30s were, I learned a lot about myself. And I think I learned how to start to give less fucks which led to better mental health and I think it also I I cultivated relation like real friendships in my late 20s and into my 30s that I really value and I think you need to have that I think you need to have friends and 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 spend time with people and have forge other relationships I think it's not healthy to have it all on one person your partner your kids or whatever. I think you do need to sort of spread the, your time and your heart and your mind and your needs. And so I think I I learned how to do that a bit. I also feel like I found my voice in my thirties.
0: And I feel like so many people go through this in their twenties. Another podcast we were talking about, it's like your twenties are so mismarketed. You think your twenties are supposed to be this amazing decade and all this great stuff happens. But I think now too, with a comparison in the internet, it's just really hard. So for people who maybe felt the same way you did in your 20s, is there anything that helped you get through it or any advice you would give women in their 20s who are just having a hard time?
1: I think the more you can have compassion for yourself and try not to see yourself through other people's eyes. So I think those were two big ones. One is like, Give myself a little bit of breathing room and not be so hard on myself. So I was, you know, my worst enemy in a lot of ways. And, um, and then I, and I had unrealistic standards of who I felt like I should be. I was always so disappointed in myself. And then I think the next one is to really only surround yourself with people that are going to support your best self. And if people are negative or bringing you down or um, not really filling your cup, uh, whatever that is, then it's okay to sort of like edit them out. And I think it's important to create boundaries for yourself. So instead of maybe scrolling, I I didn't really have FOMO. um, And I didn't really have like jealousy of other people's experiences, because I wasn't born in any kind of privilege in that in that way so anything that I wanted I knew I had to work for it and so it just made me never really look at other people's lives and and think oh well they've got it so easy blah 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 I was just like that's just not in my cards next keep it moving right and I think there are there is a culture of like these days of people constantly sort of looking at other people's lives and their perspective of what those people, how they live and how how great it must be isn't the reality of that person's <laughs> experience first of all but then it's also sort of taking the onus off of you looking inside which is really the only way you're going to truly be happy
0: and i have to ask because i feel like you have a lot going on professionally but i know you have things going on personally too so do you have any passions or hobbies outside of work things that bring you joy i mean i really like
1: cooking i i, I like Hanging out with my kids. Um, I like hanging out with them one-on-one. Um, I would say though that, that it's weird because I've never been like a needy person or an emotional person. Um, and, and frankly, like I, I sort of like pr- always would pride myself on not really needing anyone. Especially in my 20s. And I would say that I'm like really codependent now on my, (laughs) um, for happiness and joy on my family. And it's, I I was like telling Cash, I was like, I'm, I'm more obsessed with you guys. Like, you guys all need space for me. I (laughs) want every waking moment with you guys. The kids can sleep in bed with me. I'm fine with it. It's interesting how, yeah, I guess I, I, I don't really care what that means. I hope it doesn't get unhealthy, obviously. Um, but I also feel how sort of like fragile everything is and how it all goes away. So it could all go away so quickly. Right. Especially with COVID, you saw how fragile everything is. So,
0: well, they're just the cutest. I feel like you guys made such beautiful babies. They're all gorgeous. They're
1: they're good people. You know, they're just like, all of them have their own little quirks and stuff. But I think what's so... What's so exciting is at every stage, even when they were, you know, nonsense babies and they were just, you know, basic needs, they all had their own little ways of seeing the world and and are curious. And it, then it sort of forces you to, like, stop doing what you're doing and see it through their eyes. And maybe that's why I like it as well. Just knowing that they're so brand new in every experience. There's a there's a, a wonder. It, it's so a wonderment or like a, a whimsy, like everything is possible. Magic is real, you know, up until a certain point. And, and there's something so sweet about them.
0: Do they inspire or give you any ideas for like products or content or anything?
1: Yeah. I mean, Honor definitely inspired our brow gel and our eyelash serum because she was like, mom, I don't want to like wear makeup, but I want, you know, to have something um and it like also makes your your lashes like and brows healthier and mine are longer and fuller and so are honors you know since we've been using it so she definitely inspired that because she was like sometimes you know, like she's like I'm 12 and when she was 12 when we were developing it she's like I don't I it's not right if I wear mascara every day that I'm gonna look like I'm doing the most and I don't want to be that person <laughs> it's like okay she's like but I want like something. And I was like, no, I get it. I get it. So she definitely inspired the honest eyelash serum and the brow gel. Oh,
0: I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your morning and nighttime routines like right now?
1: They're different. I mean, as of the past two weeks, I've been waking up and working out and doing, you know, stunt training or just waking up and working out. Um, cause my body has not really moved, <laughs> uh, since, you know, I haven't really had to To do this for a very long time, so it's yeah. I'm having I'm I'm learning how to connect back with my bot back to my body in a way that I never or I haven't in a long time.
0: Okay, proudest moment in your business.
1: There's a few, but I would say like my first proudest moment was getting like handwritten notes from people who were like so thankful that honest existed and um and they took the time to write a letter to a company, you know, like that is, it was so tender. Right. And I would read all of them and just like people's, you know, just regardless of their experiences, they had compromised immune systems or, you know, their babies had eczema or rashes or, you know, they had eczema or rashes um, and they just couldn't find anything. And, you know, just being able to really like allow people to really live their best life. And I would like cry every time I would read those. So that was like major, that really for me like solidified that this this company needed to exist. And I was gonna stop at nothing to make sure that I was gonna do everything to make it successful because it really is transformative for people and uh, in, in their quality of life. The other one is definitely, you know, when taking the company public and really turning into essentially what I feel like is like a real company, like a real grown up sort of company. Um, and and um, we're now adulting in a way. Well, really, we're only 10. So we're just in double digits. We're not, but um, being able to operate on that scale and have everyday people become shareholders is super rad. Like, that's really cool.
0: I love that. Well, I buy like stocks online. I use like an app. So I feel like it really is so easy now for everybody, yeah. whether you have a little bit of money or a lot that you want to invest and feel like you're really a part of it and a part of the journey. So congratulations on going thank public. You. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. And be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me. And follow me on Instagram at mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next.